Welcome to the Life Central Podcast. It is so good to have you come and connect with us again this week. We trust that this session will be helpful to you in your faith journey. Hi there, and welcome with us at Life Central today. Thank you so much for joining us. I've been pretty severely challenged over the last while because of a phrase that I used to use and probably use more than what I should. I don't know if it's ever happened to you, but somebody came and they used this exact same phrase, but from a very different angle, and they changed my perspective on it completely. I used to say, where's the joy in that all the time? But I'd use it from a perspective of going, of standing on the outside of a situation or something that I had to do or something that was suggested. And I'd go, well, where's the joy in that? As if every situation was supposed to serve up joy for me, as if it was supposed to serve up delight and have this wonderful benefit to me for me to, well, even invest myself in it. So here in the challenge, two guys, for me, who is best described as uh, Northern Irish Christian folk band members, they started a podcast by that very same name. And they asked that question saying, hey, we live very average, everyday, mundane lives. We have families, we have bills to pay, we have distresses, we have anxieties, we have children with runny noses. And where's the joy in that? But not from the same angle that I used to ask it. No, they were saying, we are in this thing and we want to find the joy in the everyday. We want to find the joy in the mundane. And this really changed everything for me. You see, it's very, very important to ask this question, but from the right angle, because there is joy to be found in everyday life. Joy that isn't just something that happens at a music concert or at a sporting event, or during the worship at church. No, joy can be found in our natural world. God created us a beautiful natural world for us to find great joy in. I remember my little boy, he could be in the most foul mood, but if you put him in front of a window and there was rain outside, he'd change immediately. He would have a happy child for the longest time. God gave us family, He gave us spouses, He gave us work that we could enjoy and find joy in. The thing is, I know that you're sitting there going, yeah, for the exact same money, I know that the world is pretty corrupt and things go wrong. And so I'm not finding the joy in the things that you are mentioning. And so that's why we're asking that question today. I believe that there's great wisdom to be found in in a life well-lived. Now, one life that I believe was pretty well-lived is the life of the Apostle Paul. He He wrote a great deal of the New Testament, and he lived a life that he dedicated to going and spreading the good news of Christ, spreading the gospel all over the known world back then. He started churches, and he carried this message of forgiveness and freedom and redemption all over the place. The thing is that his message wasn't always well received everywhere. 
He got chased out of some towns. He got beaten up a few times. He got thrown in prison a whole bunch of times. Now, where we jump into his story here today, it's one of those moments where he's in prison. He'd already been taken captive in Jerusalem and been tried, and it kind of went his way, but it still went wrong. And now he, he's awaiting a second trial in Rome, uh, and, and he's under house arrest, and his captors is all around him. And it's not a great situation. You see, he doesn't know when this trial is going to happen, and he really doesn't know how it's going to go. It's here that things get kind of weird. Here, Paul the prisoner is writing to one of the churches that he'd started, the church in Philippi, and he's telling them to have joy in everything. In fact, he's quoted as saying, always be full of joy in the Lord. I say it again, rejoice, or rejoice in the Lord always, and I say it again, rejoice. Now, with these current living arrangements, Um, It's kind of strange that the prisoner is telling the church folk to rejoice, to be happy, to have a reason for joy in everyday life. In fact, Paul goes on to, in four chapters, to use the word joy or rejoice 16 times. In my Bible, it's not even four full pages. So he's really serious about this. And I do believe he's serious about this because the church in Philippi really needed to know this. And I believe we really need to know this. You see, it's not hard to put ourselves in the church of Philippi's shoes. Have you been discouraged lately? Have have you had circumstances get to you? Have you been anxious? Have you suffered? some depression. You see, we all struggle. And I know that there's some of you sitting there at home going, joy? Really? That was the subject that you chose for this day? When I read this letter of Paul, I became very aware of the fact that my joy and your joy is not contingent on the details of the situation. Our joy is not contingent on the why, the who, the how, the what. Our joy is not contingent on the ideal circumstances because let's be honest, they're just never gonna happen. And our joy is not really contingent on our enjoyment, our pleasure, or our happiness at any stage. No, Paul tells us here that joy is found in contentment, in security, and in peace. But those things are not found in temporary things because enjoyment, pleasure, and happiness, well, they are temporary. And even if the ideal circumstances existed, they are temporary. And even if we knew all the details, even the details are temporary. And that's what Paul is challenging us with. That is what Paul is encouraging us with. And that's what Paul wants us to know through this letter that he writes. This letter can be broken up into four main parts. These four main parts is the joy in suffering, the joy in serving, the joy in believing, and finally, the joy in giving. And I know you're sitting there going, oh, where's the joy in that? 
I'm so glad that you asked. First, the joy in suffering. Paul starts his letter by thanking the church and by praying for the church in Philippi and for the work that they've put into their faith community. Then he says that his his imprisonment has actually been um, a great opportunity for him. He writes this, he says, I want you to know, my dear brothers and sisters, that everything that has happened to me has helped to spread the good news. For everyone here, including the whole palace guard, knows that I am in chains because of Christ. And because of my imprisonment, most of the believers here have gained confidence and boldly speak God's message without fear. Paul is saying that he has been given an opportunity to share this good news that he's been sharing all over the world with people that he never thought that he'd meet the very people who work in the emperor, well, in his house, in his palace, in his prison, where Paul is at this stage. But I love the next part where he says that they have grown in confidence. They have this confidence in God and in what God is doing and in how he's doing it. And they are spreading this good news message all over the place because of this prisoner. Because this prisoner shared hope with them. And Paul is saying, hey, there is joy in my suffering because I got to share hope with other people. He continues and he says, For I fully expect and hope that I will never be ashamed, but that I will continue to be bold for Christ as I have been in the past. And I trust that my life will bring honor to Christ, whether I live or die. For me, living means living for Christ, and dying is even better. But if I live, I can do more fruitful work for Christ. So I really don't know which is better. I'm torn between two desires. I long to go and be with Christ, which is better for me. But for your sakes, it's better that I continue to live. For this, I'm convinced that I will remain alive so I can continue to help all of you grow and experience the joy of your faith. Paul is saying here that, hey, he has found the joy of his faith. He has found the source of joy. And that source is his relationship with Jesus. And whether he lives here on earth, that, store, that source will always stay the same. And whether he passes away and goes to heaven, that source will stay the same. So whatever happens, he's okay. But for them, he'll stick around for a bit. Paul continues to share that he's truly in the middle of his struggle. And he adds, um, he adds something that's very, very important for us. That he's found a reason for his struggle. But not in the temporary. Not in the stuff that passes away. No, he has found it in something that is eternal. He's found purpose in his struggle, in his relationship with Christ. Next is the joy in serving. Now, Paul encourages his Philippian church and us today. And he says to them that a life surrendered to Christ is a life surrendered to service. And he says this because he looks at the example that Christ gave and he says, well, Jesus even said that he did not come to be served, 
but to serve. And so Jesus, in serving his community that he was a part of, in serving the people that was around him, Jesus created this rip, these ripples in history that today, thousands of years later, he's actually still serving us. And there's great joy because Jesus' life was actually marked with joy all over the place. Now, joy is one of those words that's kind of hard to understand. We translate the word chara, the Greek word, into joy, delight, and gladness. But it's, it's in its derivatives. It's in, um, it's in the way that it's used to represent other ideas, that it really comes alive. The word chara is also used to represent an awareness of grace or grace recognized or my favorite remembering the grace afforded to us and that changes everything for me so when we serve people whether it's our family or somebody out there that I never knew before or whoever it might be it means that I am remembering the grace afforded to me and that brings me great joy see Jesus's attitude of humility of love and of sacrificial giving changes our serving from something that we do something outside of us to being known as servants Paul writes and he says but I will rejoice even if I lose my life pouring it out like a liquid offering to God just like your faithful service is an offering to God, and I want all of you to share in that joy. Yes, you should rejoice, and I will share your joy. Paul is saying, I don't care if serving you and serving Jesus will cost me my life, because I know it was a life given to a great purpose, and that brings me great joy. You see, serving gives us meaning in life, and meaning gives us great joy the next part of paul's letter is the joy in believing now before paul was paul the apostle he was something a little more dangerous he was saul the bounty hunter of christians paul dedicated his young life to keeping all the rules, to keeping God's law down to the last tittle, to, down to the last accent. And he, was, he made it his life's mission to impress God with his self-righteousness. So you can imagine, when these Jesus followers come along and they say, well, your religion is trying to get to God, but we realize that God has actually come to us in the form of Jesus. And we don't need to try to get to God because Jesus told us that he's come to fulfill the law and pay for our sins and give us forgiveness and freedom and restoration with God. When Paul heard this, he had one plan in mind. Wipe out this nonsense. And he made it his life's mission to eradicate the Christians or the Jesus followers at that stage from the earth. He says this about his zealous law-keeping, about his religion and, and holding on to everything. I once thought these things were valuable, but now I consider them worthless because of what Christ has done. 
Yes, everything else is worthless when compared with the infinite value of knowing Jesus Christ, my Lord. For his sake, I have discarded everything else, counting it all as garbage, so that I could gain Christ and become one with him. No longer, or I no longer count on my own righteousness through obeying the law. Rather, I become righteous through faith in Christ. For God's way of making us right with himself depends on faith. I want to know Christ and experience the mighty power that raised him from the dead. I want to suffer with him, sharing in his death. You see, joy comes in faith. Very little joy comes when, when I don't know if you've met those people, they're, they're kind of the church prefects. They kind of make sure that everything, everybody does everything right. And it's kind of like they suck the joy out of every situation, isn't it? And I'm sorry if that touches a nerve in you, but take a look at that. Listen to what Paul is saying to us here. You see, there's very little joy found in perfection because, let's be honest, it's, a, it's, a, it's, a, it's something that you're going to try to do forever and ever and ever, and I don't know that you'll ever get to perfection. But knowing Christ, man, that brings us freedom. That brings us forgiveness. And that gives us all the things that we could never do for ourselves. And that freedom, man, there's some joy in that freedom. Lastly, Paul speaks of the joy in giving. And he starts in an interesting place. He says that there's two people in the church in Philippi that has a disagreement. And he's like, guys, sort it out. And give each other forgiveness. Because there's great joy in being forgiven. And there's great joy when we let go of whatever has offended us. So give forgiveness. Then people, Paul says, hey, be considerate. Because there's great joy in considering others higher than ourselves. In not living out only our own interests. Because then... The success of others is where we can also draw great joy from. Paul continues, and he says that there is great joy when we hand over our needs and our shortcomings to God. Because then he takes those things from us and he comes and he gives us as a replacement his peace. A peace that surpasses our understanding. And that peace can reign in our hearts. And man, that peace will bring you and me great joy. Finally, Paul says thank you to the Philippians for the gifts they had sent him. Because wherever Paul had traveled, they had sent him gifts of money and of food and of clothing and all kinds of things. And he says because of what they've sent him, he learned a great lesson. He learned that there is great joy in contentment, in being content with having a lot, and in being content with having very little. And he thanks them for what they sent him, but also for the lesson that they helped him to learn. In fact, one of Paul's most quoted lines comes from this very section. He says, For I can do everything through Christ who gives me strength. That comes only from great contentment. And that comes because of the joy of giving. Now, Paul, in all of this, 
just shows us that there is a better way to live our lives. The world and the system that we're in kind of tells us that we need to chase after pleasure. Pretty much my thing, asking, well, where's the joy in that? And Paul comes and he says, no, 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 no. There is great joy to be found in going, I can find joy in every single situation. Yeah, because when we chase after pleasure, we come up empty at the end of that pleasure every single time. But when we live with this awareness of grace, when we live remembering the grace that's been afforded to us, everything changes. We realize that our joy is not dependent on a favorable outcome. Our joy is not dependent on having what the neighbors have or having something better than what the neighbors has. Because Theodore Roosevelt said it brilliantly when he said, comparison is the thief of joy. See, that's not where joy comes from. Our joy is not dependent in our well-being or our success or on the other side of our anxiety or on the wrong or on the good end of our depression. No. No, we can stand in every and any situation. And we can ask, where is the joy in that? And we will find Jesus right there with us. Why? Because we are remembering the grace that has been afforded to us. We can remember the grace afforded to us in our suffering, in our serving, in our believing, and our giving, and everything in between. Because there is great joy when we do these things and we do them well. What is your next step is my question to you. In the church online platform, during the announcements, we often say to folks, hey, we want to challenge you to stand with us and sing with us this morning and change the atmosphere in your house, in your situation, at your workplace, or whatever you might face. We'd love for you to change the atmosphere in what you're facing. Here this morning, I want to challenge you to change the atmosphere around you by choosing joy. Choosing that attitude of joy over and over and over again as we remember the grace afforded to us. You see, as Paul tried to teach us right at the start of his letter, the fact that our inner attitudes does not need to reflect our outer circumstances. May that be the way we live from here on out, that our inner attitude does not need to reflect our outer circumstances. Let's pray together. Father God, I thank you that we can stand in any and every situation, Lord, and we can ask, where is the joy in that? And you will help us find it, Lord. Lord, I thank you for giving us practical steps to live out our faith, Lord. Lord, that this word joy becomes so much more than just, just a happy thought for each and every one of us listening and watching today. Lord, that it becomes something that we chase after, something that we search out in everything that we face, because where we find the joy, that's where we remember the grace that you have given us. I thank you, Lord, for making us aware of it. I thank you, Lord, for drawing us into what you're doing. I thank you, Lord, that you take such good care of us.
And we pray all of this in Jesus' name. Amen. Now, may you have a wonderful week as you go out and find the joy in everything. Have a great week. If you enjoyed this session and you'd like to know more about us, then please come and connect with us through our website, our social media platforms, and come subscribe to our YouTube channel. All the links are listed below. Beyond that, we trust that you have an incredible week.